This is Random Discourse, the podcast. What's up, Anton? Um, it's been a long time. I know, I get- man. Way too long. Way too long. Hey, man, you know, that's what happens when you work jobs and long hours. You know, we can't get together like we used to be able to talk about some basketball, man. Hey, man, but it's been exciting, though. It's been it has exciting. been. We have not been able to talk, but there's so much to talk about. It, it, it is. I know you're I know you're excited about your T-Bulls. You I know, know you I'm excited about my Wolves. You know it. <laughs> oh, man, uh, it, it's just, it, it's very, um, I guess the start of the season has been very eye-opening. I, I know we're only, what, 11, 12 games in right now? Yeah. And, but there's been some telltale signs as far as what's going on. I, I guess I, let's go ahead and get the – I don't want to say the elephant in the room, but I just want to go ahead and talk about them right now. The team with no coach that's basically balling out everybody. Balling out, dog. Balling out. Like, the Timberwolves, like, is – oh, the Timberwolves are people that lost their coach, but the Golden State Warriors are playing without a coach. A coach. They are just and manhandling people, dude. Manhandling people. It's and there's been more Steph Curry like just just unspeakably good moments this year already to last a season. It's it's gonna be rough out there. I mean, it is. Uh I think it's gonna be very rough for anybody that, that is going against the Golden State Warriors. They have an excellent team and I know a lot of people may not agree and you know the LeBron stands and the KD fans and whoever else out there you want to talk about, but you, there's no way you can deny currently that Steph Curry is not the best player in the NBA right now. Uh, I, I, well, I, I think, I think the, the only thing that would, would make people question is uh, how much of a two way player is he, but he's definitely not the greatest on ball defender, but he plays excellent team defense. Uh, you can tell that by his, you know, by the amount of steals that he has and that he's always, he seems to always be one of the three on the break. He's never lagging behind. So, you know, defensively, maybe you can put somebody else over him. But other than that, man, he, he is the NBA. Man, you can't, I don't care, like, how good you are defensively. Well, I shouldn't say I don't care how good you are defensively. But just because, you know, you are this defensive uh guru genius whatever you want to call it and then and that's your calling it doesn't mean you're better than steph curry because there's nobody right now in the nba that's going to slow steph curry down no i mean it, based off of the um the rule changes that have taken place over you know over time within the nba it, it plays into somebody with steph curry's skill set i mean you've had fantastic shooters and you've had fantastic ball handlers and you had fantastic passers but nobody has been able to encompass everything like he has currently absolutely and, and i mean i i would agree that you know you're it, just looking at his defensive rating right now, it's it's down based off of where it's been in previous seasons. But his offensive rating is also up, and he's averaging essentially the most points he's ever averaged in his entire career at this moment. His yeah. assists are down, but his rebounds are up as well. So, I mean, he is sticking his nose in there, and he's trying to do a little more. But 
I'm even, not sure what. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think it's great because he's a person that can pick his spots because that team is so good. He doesn't. He doesn't have to just force ever. You know what I mean? That's he's always in a good flow because he never has to force because he has a team around him that makes him scary. Because like as a regular season team, I don't see how you can just prepare to play a back to back and the second of your back to back as the Golden State Warriors. That's just like you're just so overmatched in a regular season. But the test for them is, you know, gonna be the playoffs when things go down. Because like right now you would say 72 and 10 is not out of the question, like at all. Like, I mean, I think it's a little too early to say it to say 72 and 10 is out of the question. I mean, they're only 11 and 0. Let, let, let's temper our expectations right now. But I'm, they have started out uh, very well. But I, I'm more now. The reason I say temper those those expectations is because of the play that they're getting from Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson hasn't started off this season very well. Uh, he's I'm not sure if he's dealing with the injury. I know he what didn't he have like a back injury, or ankle injury, something like that. Yeah. His back. Yeah, it was his back. So I think his back is still bothering him. And that's, you know, kind of hindering their performance from them running on all cylinders, which is pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. This, the fact that this team could, could get better as the season go, you know, progresses is, is going to be a tear. Uh, you know, you got them as the clear, like, dominant force in the league. But then when you think about it, who's in that next tier so far that you've seen that is one – they have a great record so far, or you can see things coming together, even though their record might not reflect it right now. Um, if, if you want to just go that next tier, I mean, right now there's only two teams in that next tier. And, and as far as, you know, right behind the alpha dog, I would say the San Antonio Spurs and Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland is not healthy as well. They're still without Iman Shumpert and Kyrie Irving. And San Antonio is healthy, which – I appreciate the matchup, uh, and I will, and I can't wait to to see you know Golden State and San Antonio play each other. But I'm not sure if San Antonio has the horses to be able to run with Golden State. And I love the pickup of Lamarcus Aldridge, and I love the 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 ageless wonder that is Tim Duncan and Greg Popovich coaching. But I'm just not sure if they're if they have what it takes to be able to beat that Golden State team. Well. They're still figuring it out right now, uh, you know, and the fact that they're eight and two uh, winning handedly, you know, in in a lot of cases, because watching them play the, the trailblazers was rough, you know, and the fact that they're this in tune with LaMarcus, the addition of LaMarcus so early makes me think that they'll be able to run with Golden State, but they'll also dictate their own tempo. You know, what I mean, the Spurs don't get caught up in your tempo. You not not for too long, maybe in bouts, but Pop makes those those occurrences brief. Yeah, and I, and the Spurs do have their poor man version of uh, Steph Curry and Patty Mills, who's who who can be very pest like on the defensive end. He's not a defensive stopper by no means, but but he can get just as hot as Steph Curry can on the offensive end, but uh, but more streakier than than Steph. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I could see I could see that matchup playing out better at later in the season than it would earlier in the season just because gotcha. and I mean is is Cleveland 
going to to end up winning in the East once once they get healthy? Do you think? Uh, I don't see many uh, a, a really big challenge to Cleveland's reign if you know provided that they're healthy. Um, Chicago and Cleveland played; it was a tough game, but like if you add Kyrie to the mix. I don't know how defensively Chicago will be able to deal with it. And then, but Miami, the Hassan Whiteside has definitely like been his consistency has surprised me. I thought he would come out the, the gate kind of slow and he's been on point every night engaged. I think that speaks well for Miami to be able to somewhat match up with the Cavs uh, when it comes to playoff time. I, I do. And I, I, I mean, Miami is playing this well without their key acquisition from late in the season and then re-signing him in the offseason playing well. I mean, Goran Dragic is playing horrible. And well, they're not playing at the tempo that he needs to play at, period. But can they play at that tempo he needs to play at? They have to, bro. They have to. That team could be deadly if they picked up the pace. I mean, I'm the, what what what's the what pace of play are they at right now? I mean, as far as the NBA is concerned, what, they are they're like near like the bottom, bro. Like when I'm looking at when I'm looking at stats on Miami or going through, like I just don't see enough points per game. I don't see, you know, I I don't I don't see the get up and get out, and that's what Goran Dragic needs. That's when they're going to be at their best. I, I agree with that. I mean, and. You know what? Their pace of play, they're 28th out of 30 teams. But the thing that's keeping Miami, that's surprising about Miami, and I don't think a lot of people were expecting it, is that they're leading the NBA in uh, team defense. And I think part of that is, um, I know it, you may, some people may think I'm crazy for saying this, but part of that has to do with, with their drafting of Justice Winslow and how he's able as already as a rookie. And you can see it if you've watched Miami play that he's able to guard one through three and a little yeah. four right now. He is their defensive yeah. stopper. Yeah. And of course, yeah. uh, Tyler Johnson. I mean, he's, he's played well and he's the reason why they traded Mario Chalmers. Yeah, you know, you get some you get some money off the books from the real contract. You got a young man that's coming in providing a spark off the bench. Uh, I think Justice Winslow is definitely key because I think he's in the top three in the NBA for his plus or minus. So when he's out there, he makes the team better. Uh, but that has been no surprise. Like, you know, looking at him last year, you know he was a plug-and-play. He was a person that's going to be ready to play on a championship team day one. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of guy he is. So that's been that's been refreshing to know that that came through. But what has like what kind of surprises like that was the big thing. Like this this season didn't start off as like as I predicted. I've seen some things in from the play that this season's going to go a little differently for some teams. I mean, who's surprising me? At what team has surprised me thus far with their play? Yeah. Um, I think there are right now, I would say the biggest team I would say is Houston, 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 and and they've surprised me by how bad they play. And I mean, it, and it all starts on the defensive end with them. It, it's, Mm -hmm. it begins and ends on the defensive end. 
And if they continue this this type of play, I mean, it's going to be sad to say, but they're they're going to end up getting uh, Kevin McHale fired. Absolutely, absolutely, because this team is not playing up the part at all. They're not uh, they're, 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 because you're you're looking at a team where they you got James Harden right now that is shooting like 26% from three and they, they run that three or bust or three or drive to the whole system. And when you have your star, your guy who averages 27 a game, a guy who puts up that many attempts shooting that poorly is it's going to get you behind the, the numbers a little bit in games. And that's what's happened to them. You know, they've lost four straight. I'm not sure what have- I'm not sure what James Harden is thinking. I mean, he's averaging career high in minutes played, but he's at, at shots taken. But he's also averaging career low in his field goal percentage, uh, three point percentage, uh, just about what well, a three point field goal percentage. I mean, his shooting percentages are the, are are the lowest they've been in his career. I mean, he's getting to the line an awful lot, but I mean, that's what James Harden does. That's what he does. Yeah, but, like that. But at the same time, I mean, this isn't the way James Harden is playing. And I say, and anybody that's heard me talk about James Harden, and I've said this before, it's not sustainable. Mm. I mean, for him to be so inefficient as a player is not sustainable. It's the same knock that I have on uh, that that I have against. Russell Westbrook, but Russell Westbrook gets after it on the defensive end. So, you know, you don't knock him as much for being inefficient, but no. And he's also carrying a team too. Yes. But again, and I think James Harden thinks he has to carry this Houston team when he doesn't granted, he's not getting what he needs to get out of uh, Dwight Howard, who wants to be called the best sitter in the NBA, but he's not playing like it. And well, we know who the best man. And, and I mean, I don't know what he they're not getting a lot of production or help from any other any of their other players. I mean, yeah. outside of James Harden, who who do they really who are they really getting production from? I think they thought Ty Lawson was going to come in and help, you know, quell some of the the some of that uh pre- take some of that pressure off of James Harden, but I mean, Really, their second James Harden is averaging about twenty-seven points, and their second leading scorer is Dwight Howard, and he's averaging fifteen. Well, you definitely didn't expect Ty Lawson to come in and James Harden to still lead the lead, still lead the team in assists. You know, you thought he was going to come in and be able to get James like easier shots and get him going, but James, I, I think that James has to have the ball in his hands a lot, and they need to find a way to like kind of divvy that up. You know, look at. Portland right now, you know, Portland's taking a lot of ball handling duties away from Dame Lillard to get him easier shots. And that's also got CJ McCollum in a position that he's been able to play well so far this season. You know, their, their record, you know, they definitely have a losing record, but they're showing more than I thought the Portland uh, trailblazers would show this shit. I mean, you could see some potential, just as far as Portland, you could see some potential in Portland. I mean, Granted, they're relying on uh, Ed Davis. Uh, who else do they have down there? Myers, Myers, Myers Leonard. Don't, Leonard. Forget, don't forget Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard, uh, Young, Noah Vonley. You know, I mean, so their front court is very inexperienced 
as far as you know playing time and consistent playing time goes but you can see you there are some things to like that with that portland team and terry stotts i'm quite sure he'll be able to figure some things out and and to work that out yeah so would you say of the people that you thought were contenders before entering the season houston is the one that looks like they aren't or do you think they're going to get it turned around i mean they have to get it turned around but i'm not sure if they are that team looks that the way that team is made, it's very combustible. And a start like this, uh, it, it has all the makings of this team ending up in the lottery and people wondering how the heck this happened. Yeah. I don't absolutely. think I don't think Daryl Morey does anything crazy like starts to trade off players, but I, I do think that this team needs to get it together. Also, I would say another team that's I, I wouldn't even say that they're, 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 they're surprising me because they're not. Is New Orleans the New Orleans Pelicans? Anthony Davis has no help. So I mean, if he has no help, I mean, you're you're getting what you what you're going what they should give you right now, which is nothing. Starting off one and nine. Yeah, I like when when you look at that Pelican squad. They you would think that Eric Gordon has had a couple twenty point games, but outside of that, they just don't have the firepower. And Alan Gentry has had a couple years with a team full of player NBA players, like 10 deep, 11 deep with Golden State. So his offenses look better in the past because you see all that offseason acquisition of you know Gentry and like the Warriors offense, and you thought the Pelicans were gonna like kind of kick it up or not. And that's not gonna happen when Drew Holiday's out. It's not gonna happen when you have I'm forgetting. Uh, Drew is actually back. Uh, Tyreek Evans is out. Tyreek Tyre- with Tyreek Evans out. That's exactly you know. So and the whole Anthony Davis for MVP that's gone already. So that was one of the big things that I thought at the beginning of the year, and that that's a no. That's a non-starter. And you know what? Anthony Davis may have one of those type of seasons where he's going to have a phenomenal season and he'll take an even bigger leap and nobody will pay, or nobody will notice because his team is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, at least he gets to go through that and without all the media scrutiny. So because yeah. uh, you got stuff. Don't worry. But you, need you, to be the face. you want to know one thing I have noticed um, uh, so far this season is that the East is finally seeming to catch up with the Western Conference. Dog, I know. I t- I'm telling you, man, like you got teams like Milwaukee and Detroit on the outside of the top eight that are playing really good basketball. Like, I think. Milwaukee still needs to gel a little bit, but Jabari Parker has looked more explosive than I thought he would look uh, so far. You got in Detroit, you got Andre Drummond putting up 19 and 19. Reggie Jackson not acting a fool all the time. He's only taking every other game to be erratic. You got some good things to look at in the in the East, man. I mean, and, I, one thing that surprised me is just, just just to touch on Detroit real quick is that how Reggie Jackson and Brandon Knight are coexisting. You haven't heard anything about them and that they're actually playing very good defense. Their their offense is still a work in progress is because, uh-huh. you know, they're, they're still trying to find out who the primary shooters should be. But, well, Brandon Jennings hasn't played. What am I talking about? Yeah, Brandon Jennings. Yeah. But <laughs> That's you, why. You know, exactly. Exactly. Wait, wait, wait till Brandon Jennings gets back, dog. 
he goes to make sure all of this, you know, he got to blow it up, though. We got to blow it up, start over. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, you know what? I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, I, I think they'll they'll coexist. I think that may that's probably going to help their offense even more because both of them are slashers, the slasher shooters. Um, as far as Brandon, Brandon Jennings and um, Reggie Jackson, they're both they're better spot up shooters than they are shooting off the dribble. And yeah, and I think when you get those two ball handlers on the court together, they'll they'll be fine. In Detroit, I don't know if Detroit makes yeah. the playoffs, but but they're an interesting team to watch. And then when you add Brandon Jennings also being a slicer uh, to Reggie, then Andre Drummond is averaging 19 rebounds now. What is he going to be averaging then? You know what I mean? Like he has a legitimate shot at the 2020 this year because he's doing. Stan Van Gundy has put in that offense like or a portion of that offense, very much so like he had in Orlando with Dwight when Dwight was at his best. And you're seeing Andre Drummond go out there and exceed what Dwight was doing from an offensive standpoint already, and he's just a monster on the boards. Like, he's the best center in the NBA right now. He is. I just wish the boy would be able to get his free throw shooting under control. I mean, I I, I don't know what's going on with that. It's, it's – he shoots worse than DeAndre Jordan from the lot. Man, he might just might as well just shoot his free throws Rick Barry style underhand. Why not, dog? Like, where you can't go, you can't go down from here. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can only go up, man. Like, and you get a signature thing, man. People will talk about that all the time. You go down in history for that. It's like, yeah, man, I remember Andre Drummond. He was this huge dominant center, and he just converted to shooting free throws, you know, underhand, and that, and that added like ten more points to his game because he's always getting uh, fouled. Dude, like I don't see why people don't just like bite the bullet, stop, get get away from the pride, dog, get away from the pride. Go ahead and do that. Like I'm one hundred percent behind that. So, so tell me this, Anton, at, who, who, who yeah. what teams have surprised you thus far? You know, you asked me that, but. What teams have surprised yeah. you are, are are teams that have disappointed you? Oh, well, disappointment. I was definitely – I'm kind of – I'm disappointed in Washington. Uh, I've seen absolutely no growth from the team that they were last year, this year. You know what I mean? You thought they, they had some momentum. You thought they were moving in the right direction. And now they look very stagnant. They're – they're not very exciting to watch, man. I think it's time for a coaching change in Washington, like to tell you the truth. But when you're when you're playing 500 ball this early, it's hard to pull the trigger as the GM and the owner to fire that coach. But if you you can't waste another season with people in this team not progressing from a winner's mentality. I I understand and I agree, but also. Um, I'm not sure if Washington is a bad team or if they're just trying to find themselves on defense. Um, it's because right now they're playing at the fastest pace in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So with having a young team that you're finally allowing to play fast, like they like to play, you're going to have some bumps in the road when it comes to 
the defensive aspect of that team. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. And so I think they'll be okay when when it's all said and done. But I'm, there is some room for improvement. I, I agree with you. And and the other team that surprised me really has been the New York Knickerbockers. Like they're not horrible. Like they're not bad. And uh Przingis has looked like a NBA ball player, bro. So I think that them not being horrible has been one of the biggest surprises that I could say for this year so far. I mean, Knicks fans are going crazy over this kid, man. Oh, yeah, dude. And they should be excited. You know what? I don't want to take anything away from Porzingis. They should be excited. But, I mean, I don't know. You should temper your expectations right now. Oh, for sure. Because he's getting 11 shots a game, but he's only he's not even making 40% of his shots. Well, they need to get more involved, man. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe he's taking that. the second most shots on the team. How much more involved do you want him to get? No, like he needs to be shooting that rock. He need to be getting that pill up fifteen times a night. Uh, well, he need to run some offense through him. Like I don't know how much offense they're running through him. I've only seen him play the calf. But the, you know, if if they're gonna get on this wagon, man. Go ahead and get it on the wagon. Get New York hyped up. Give some people some excitement for something. You know what I mean? Because, like, you know they love, like, the story, you know, the Linsanity, the KP. Ride this momentum, man, before they move on to the, you know, the next issue with the actual issues on your team. I mean, the, the, I, can, I, I like what they're doing. They're spreading the minutes around seeing what they have with their young players and and with and trying to mix in some of the uh veterans that they picked up. I mean they have a nice mixed mixture of veterans and, and young and young players, but um I'm just not sure if it's going to be sustainable. I'm not sure if the Knicks are on the tanking plan or I shouldn't even call it tanking because it's not a tanking plan. It, it's not tanking if it's a plan. Um but if they're on the let's win as least amount of games as possible and, and it's just so happened that they're looking out and, and to a better record than what they thought they would have to begin the season with. For sure, for sure. Because you look at them and you're like, dude, make a decision. Don't be in that purgatory when it comes to the draft where you're down there from 10 to, you know, to 15 or, you know, or by God, 15 to 20, uh, where you don't, you're not going to get a, a franchise changer at that position. You know what I mean? You're not. You'll get a piece, but you need a franchise changer. I mean, that's what they view, view Porzingis as. I mean, and in a small sample, he, he has been. He's bringing, yeah. he, he's excited the fan base. And he's bringing people into the garden. Yeah, and, but you're going to need somebody to run with him, though. You know what I mean? That's the thing. You know, Melo's going to get up there. And Melo's not one of those people that's going to, like, become more efficient as he gets older and defer. That's not Melo. He's going he's gonna to so, age gracefully like Kobe Bryant is. Yeah. So let's we'll keep, see how let's it goes. shooting them shots. Yeah. Oh, oh, so, what's going on in L.A., though, man? Why is that? <laughs> And I don't mean that, like, why are they so bad? We know why they're bad. But yeah, why is it D'Angelo Russell getting more burn? What's going on with Byron Scott? Why is he jerking the, the, the kid around? He's not giving him consistent burn. What what do you have to lose? 
Byron Scott is the worst coach in the world. I mean, he, I think he, he he picked up this reputation as being the point guard whisperer because he, he inherited great point guards and, and Chris Paul, a young yeah. Chris Paul and um Jason and had Jason Kidd. Like, but yeah. obviously he's not. And I mean, you, no. you have uh you have talent there that needs cultivating. Yeah, and they need you are run, not uh, doing it. You need run. All you're doing is delaying when he when he when he can take a leap, man. He can't take a leap without enough action. And like maybe he's thinking, oh, Kobe Bryant's rookie year, he only averaged, you know, 17 minutes a game or 18 minutes a game. But this is a completely different league now. You know, you need to know what you have or you got to move on. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, and it's not to say that D'Angelo Russell isn't getting minutes. I mean, he's playing about 25 minutes a game, but it seems a whole lot less than that because it's mo- not in when it matters. No. And that's when he needs to be in. Like, how else do you expect him to know how to react in these situations and keep and to keep calm and cool and collected when you're not putting him into the in the game in the late game situations? And you got Kobe Bryant out there just jacking up shots, man. Jacking up shots, and like when it was a story about uh, D'Angelo Russell in college freshman, he goes in and he's playing uh, Yogi from Indiana. Uh huh. You remember that? Yeah. And like. And he went in and he dropped like 32 on him. And, you know, he was a junior projected. like, And he, he was saying how much smack he talked about coming in, like shutting down his house. Like the boy has desire, but he and he also has like that knack, what I get from that, that knack that he wants to be out there closing out games, man. You got to put him in the prime time. Dude. You have to. I mean, you got to see what you have. Your, your backcourt of the, of the future right now is, is Russell and Clarkson, yeah. unless you get unless somebody else comes out that's better than Clarkson. But I think that's a formidable pair. It is. I mean, you have Clarkson, Russell, and Randall. Those yeah. two, they they should all be running at least thirty minutes a night and playing uh, and playing all thirty minutes together. To yeah, exactly. Even if you put them in, like you you know those in the sec, like you know that middle of the second quarter. You know that th- that beginning of the third quarter, like you need to have them in right then to go ahead and get their flow together, man. And then you can bump it up into the you know when their starters on starters. They just need that flow. Yeah, but I mean the the way that the the Lakers are constructed right now as a team, they're a mess. I mean they don't have pe- they don't have great fitting pieces. I mean the best three pieces that fit with them are Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, and D'Angelo Russell. I don't know why in the world they they signed Ron Artest. I don't know why. I, I understand why. why are they getting so much burn though. That's the thing. It's like why are they even getting any burn? And like you have Huertas who's in the game. He's there starting. Getting- he's been starting and he's been getting roasted. No, it, it's – and, like, there's no excuse for this. Uh, there's absolutely no excuse for this. This is poor management from top to bottom. I mean, right now you have a sibling rivalry going on with the management with Jenny and uh, – I don't even know her brother's name, but it seems – Jim. Yeah, Jim, Jenny and yeah. Jim. So, you know, they don't – neither one of them wants to concede power of the Lakers. Um, and I think that's a big issue as well. And that's how you end up getting a coach like – Byron Scott, 
and re-signing somebody like Kobe Bryant to all that money and killing your cap space and and setting your franchise back. Because, I mean, this is what they were trying to avoid last year when they re-signed him and Kobe got hurt, and they're going to end up being in the lottery for the second straight season. And when was the last time you heard of the Lakers being in the lottery two straight seasons? Never, bro. I don't think it's ever happened. But the thing is – even when Kobe was in his They need to be in the lottery, though. They need to be in the lottery. Because, like, if you go out there and say they were to get the number one pick in this draft and then you have – then you add Ben Simmons to that core, dude, that team will be fierce. Fierce. That team is fierce. So, you know, maybe they did this to, like, you know, subliminally – well, you know, we just made a mistake being homers, but they're like, we want to lose. You know who don't mind losing? Byron. Byron, Byron don't mind losing. That's all he's done throughout his coaching career. He's a career coaching loser. I mean, if you want your team to lose, go get Byron Scott. If you want your team to lose gracefully, go get – um. what's the boy that coaches the 76ers right now? Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Brett Brown. But, hey, Brett Brown just – hey, man, he got a job. Everybody hanging out. It's, it's good. It's good for Brett Brown. But when you, uh, like, but he has a piece in Jaleel that, like, Jaleel's going to average 20 and 10 for 100 years. I don't know. Like, if he, I don't know if Jaleel's going to average 20 and 10. Jaleel is more and more looking like he's going to average 20 points and six, seven, eight rebounds. Yeah, like, oh, like I, I probably wouldn't. I did go too high on the rebound, but the kid is like Al Jefferson reincarnated. Like, like he's Al Jefferson two point I mean, but like, he shows so he shows so much disinterest on the defensive side of the basketball, man. And a lot of people will say maybe it's because he doesn't know what's going on and he's out of position. But you can just look at him, and he's just disinterested in playing basketball and defense. And I yeah. think. Part of that may be because they're pairing him with Nerlens Noel, and he's and he's relying on Noel to clean up his mistakes. But I'm... well, that's why I thought that pair could work. But no, they need to have more of a competitive fire in practice. Noel needs to get on him to like be in competition for weak side blocks with him because that's that's the only that's the part of his game that could make him into Al Jefferson two point to being a a all-time great you know what i mean if he wants to be great he'll he'll start to pick it up on that end. i mean if if you really want to i mean if we want to project as far as what this 76ers team could look like the this 76ers team could probably be the most talented team in the nba come in in about three or four years because with the amount of draft picks that they have this season mm-hmm. in the lottery they could have yeah. two top three picks this year well, they're going to have two top three picks because the Lakers, unless the Lakers fall out of the top three, but they could have two top five picks. Two top five picks. Two top, two top five picks, and I think end up with four or five overall first round picks. Not to mention the two more that they have coming next season. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and then you, you right now, a lot of people. I know we were making fun of the 76ers, Both of us have, and, but you can see their plan starting to come to fruition now. I mean, hell, if they they're end- entertaining, mm-hmm. they're entertaining. So, yeah, the plan is coming together. So, tell me this, Anton. Who do you think, based off of that, who do you think is the best young team in the NBA right now? Timberwolves. 
Like, without a question. You know, you know, I'm gonna be a homer on that all day. Uh, they're the most fun, like outside of Golden State, one of the top five most fun things to watch. Andrew Wiggins is becoming a beast. Big Cat is a number one pick, like through and through. It's 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 scary how good that team could be. Uh, and Rubio is, you know, playing really good basketball. I know he's not one of your favorites. Um, second favorite young team, dog. What about them Celtics, dog? I, I, you know what? They have my my favorite head coach, young head coach in the NBA right now. Yeah. The Celtics do. That's all coaching. I mean, I'm sorry. You you can't tell me the Celtics are, are one of the most talented young teams because they're not. No, but they are they have a very good young team. Phenomenal coach. A phenomenal coach that's putting his players in the right positions to succeed. Because there's no way in the hell if they had somebody like, say, um, Sam Mitchell with yeah. that team last year. They're not making the Oh, play. no. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell is the worst, dude. Like, the absolute worst. But, like, I thought – when I knew that this team was, like, kind of going somewhere with that, you know, they're starting to get under people's skin. You know what I mean? They they got under Russ's skin the other night. You know, even though Russ still had 27 and, and four, but he only had four rebounds. Mark Smart was in his grill. You know, like, they, they have a toughness about that team to be so young. Usually, young teams aren't tough. Mm-mm. And this is a tough young team. I, I don't think a lot of t- – uh, there are a lot of teams, I would say, that they, they, they don't look forward to having to go play the uh... – the Boston Celtics. I mean, they're they're one of the few teams, maybe the only team right now that are in the top ten in defense and offense. Yeah. So and as you said, coaching, coaching, one hundred percent coaching. So because I don't know anybody that can make Tyler Zeller and Kelly Olynyk look good. I mean, unless Kelly Olynyk is out there, you know, separating people's shoulders still, dude. But. Dude, they play well, and Isaiah Thomas might end up on an All Star team. Like he's he's been he's been that good and that consistent for him every night. Like, and I think they deserve an All Star if they're if they're playing above five hundred ball, and they deserve an All Star. So I I can say that young team has been my second young team. I love to watch. I think every I think I think the NBA should go to kind of like baseball style of of picking. Every team deserves at least one all-star representative. No matter how bad your team is, there is always somebody that is playing well well enough on that team that deserves all-star recognition. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of giving another spot to Kobe, you know what I mean? Give it give it to somebody worth it. You know what I mean? Uh well. Hold on, but we didn't even talk about you. We didn't get in depth with your Timberwolves because I, I you know what? I, I did want to I did want to say that Carl Anthony Towns has been a revelation for y'all. Dude. He has kept Pekovic on the bench. Is Pekovic hurt? Nope. Okay. I was just making sure. Nope. He nope. has kept him submitted on the bench. Yeah. Like, Sam Mitchell is like, nah, Pek, you good. Go you on, good, sit down. Uh, and they, gotta, they need to move him. You know what I mean? They need to move him. Because, like, he's, he could be a valuable piece to a franchise. And, but, well, and they could get something in return for him. He's a big dude, man. But he's a big under the rim type dude. Who who are they gonna get that needs a big under the rim type dude? Um, 
Exactly. Yep. No, no, there's plenty of teams that will take them. Uh, like, I'm just, I'm looking around to see who's dumb enough. Uh, <laughs> you know what? They might be. No, nah, they couldn't go to the 76ers because the 76ers would be like, yeah, send them, but you got to send a first round draft pick too. Yeah. Well, they can, they can send them to the, they can send them to the Nets. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, let's let's do salary for salary. Maybe we could get something we could use that. Yeah, and give up a pick. You know what I mean? Nah. I would. I do. I definitely would. Because I wouldn't give up. What? Because I I would I would have enough faith in my team knowing that we're about to go into that lottery that late lottery like uh you know somebody that's not really gonna be a big mover for us and we don't need to add like you to the team. We got plenty of you. You know what I mean? So. I could give up one, like one, like, like next year's. Now I would give up next year's because I really don't like next year's draft anyway. To to go ahead and get off that salary, dog, one hundred percent. Okay. Well, I mean, why? Okay, answer me this before we finish up. Why the why does Sam Mitchell consistently start? Tayshawn Prince and Kevin Garnett together. <laughs> he might as nah. well put Andre Miller on the nah. Nah. I don't think Sam Mitchell knows what year it is. No, like literally, I I don't believe he knows what year it is. I think he because, thinks K, I think he thinks it's, it's the twilight of his career when KG was a young pup. And you know that would make if KG's a young pup, that means Tayshawn Prince yeah. is young, and that would mean I mean, Andre Miller is young. Yeah, I, I think he thinks it's like 04 or something, dog. Like, he, he's like, what is 05? Tw- what do you mean it's 2015? Oh, I thought it was 05. Oh. You know what I mean? Was it, oh, and then, like, and then the whole room's like, oh, yeah, because that's the only reason why KG and Tayshawn are getting so much burnt. You know, <laughs> you got Zach Levine, who I've been on the record criticizing his zero defensive awareness, but. Uh, now, uh, Shabazz Muhammad came on strong late last season. Like, he should be getting these minutes, dude. Like, oh, this is what happens when you go from having a competent head coach to a non competent head coach. Your team will regret, your players will regress. Yeah, we got to get them out of there immediately. But right now, it's like the whole, like, what would Flip want? And, like, I would hate to be in that situation as an organization, but you got to make moves, bro. Well, you got to make moves. I'm I mean, it, it, it was it, the Timberwolves get a reprieve for me for this season because the way the, the the timing of Flip's death was probably the worst. The the ever ever the ever. like in the middle of preseason this happened. Yeah, it was unfortunate event, dog. Like it was, but it was the worst timing I've ever seen. It's not like, you know, and we're, we're, I know we're sitting here saying it like, you know, he planned for this to happen. By no means, yeah. I don't, I hope nobody no. takes it. Yeah, that, we're saying that. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, make sure we get that disclaimer out there. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. just inopportune, as you said, for that organization. It, it was, though. But, you know, it's cool. It's cool. I saw, yeah. I did see somebody uh, tweeted out that Carl Anthony Towns right now at, He's he is in his his play has put him in rarefied air. Um, I wish I would have saved it. Actually, I did. Maybe I'll tweet it out later, uh, retweet it out later, so you so everybody can see it. But it was 
to the the respect that right now with his play, I think uh, on a per thirty six on on a per thirty six minute basis, him, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, uh, Shaq, and Hakeem Olajuwon are the only players that average like fifteen points, ten rebounds, um, and a certain amount of blocks just at this point in the season. Yeah, like his numbers, and are, maybe David Robinson as well. His numbers are absolutely insane. Uh, you know, because you got when you're doing like looking at right now, he's just averaging 19, 12 rebounds, and you know, two and a, two, like almost three blocks. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when you break that into his per, it's outrageous. His defensive rating, he definitely is a rim protector. You're like that team has the the makeup, and they've made the right draft picks to and the right moves to be successful long term. I'm gonna without tell you, a doubt, I, I can't wait to see him and Gorgie Dean be on the court together. And uh, quiet, a quietly good signing for them, even though he he's been drafted a while is. Nejima Belich, you know who I'm trying to say, man. I'm, I'm not even going to try to keep butchering this boy's name. But he was the MVP of the EuroLeague last season, and they finally yeah. got him to come over. Yeah. So, and he's playing very well. Hey, you know, it's good to be a Wolves fan. I'll tell you that. Good, real good. Yeah, well, let's see if they can keep it up, though. That's the big thing. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's going to be like, can y'all come and do this in February? How consistent? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. You know what? They're not going to be. If the Wolves are in the playoff hunt, come February, that will be a sight to behold. And Sam Mitchell might win. Um, Coach of the Coach year. Of the year. Like, no, Sam, but they need to get Sam Mitchell out before he can take any credit for these young teams, and then they get stuck with him. You know what I mean? Like you gotta like you gotta hope they underperform so you get it makes it easy to get his behind out of the door. You need like an eight nine game losing streak. You know what I mean? Like you need one of those. Uh, like, no, I they, hate to say it as a fan. I'm praying for an eight nine game losing streak so Sam can be out of the door. You know what? And we didn't give another young team any any kind of credit, and they're playing very well as well. Orlando, they, Orlando, they've lost some tough games. And even you have big time players coming out and say that they don't want to play that Orlando team because they're very good. And it seems to be that Scott Skiles has has made uh, made an impact thus far early in the season with with the Orlando Magic. Um, so we'll we'll see. We'll, I'll continue to watch them, and I'm and 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 we'll touch on them on the uh, on the next podcast for sure. But uh. You can find Anton at Please Say the D. Hey man, my my Instagram popping, dog. I'm just letting you know my Instagram popping. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Darrington G. Um, you can find we 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 change uh, hosting, so we're on SoundCloud. So if you find us, add us, follow us. You know we follow back. And uh, tell a friend, tell a friend. We're, we're always on iTunes, so if you want to download it and carry it around with you, you can do that as well. Um, like us, rate us, and uh, continue to listen. You know, I appreciate uh, everybody that uh, rocks with us. And until next time, we'll hop at y'all.